I'm burning all the evil spirits away. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's that time again. What's up, everybody? This is Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude, and yes, I know it is 1 o'clock in the afternoon, (laughs) but it's never too late for gratitude, and it's great to see you guys. Right now, we are being heard on iHeartRadio, on Spreaker, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and many, many more, and of course, good afternoon, Facebook, good afternoon, YouTube. It's good to see you guys. Uh, What an amazing day this is going to be. Uh, first things first, I uh, I want to say what I'm grateful for today, and I'm definitely grateful uh, for my friend Matt Schaefer. Uh, last night, got to go to his going away party, and um, of course, come to find out, now he's not gone. I mean, he's not he's not leaving for another couple of weeks, but he is leaving. And uh, Matt's a guy that's so responsible for me being in uh, San Diego. I went to a mastermind event, and um, Golly, it's been nine months ago. I went to a mastermind event, and within like three minutes of meeting him, I go, yeah, I'm moving to San Diego. And there was just something about him. What's up, Robert Brooker? Good to see you, man. Um, there was just something about him and the way that he talked about San Diego. I just said, I'm moving. And I didn't know what God had in store for, for me, um, for my family, for any of that in moving to San Diego, but that is where, hi, Taylor, good to see Tyler, good to see you. Last night, I'm actually talking about that last night, talking about our boy Matt. Um, but if it wasn't for meeting him, I would not have been blessed to get introduced to one of the most amazing communities of people um, that I've ever met in my life, and that is the group at the Ascension Leadership Academy and making amazing friends with people like Tyler Renee. Um, and so many more people, but the lessons and everything that I've learned there um, and and how it's helped me grow as a man, as a human being, and and really helped me even grow spiritually. Um, I'm just so grateful for Matt Schaefer for being who Matt is and and, and making those introductions and and really having a major role in my life dramatically changing. Um, I have to honestly say that I don't believe my daughter would be back in my life if it wasn't for the Ascension Leadership Academy um, and what I've learned there. Jimmy the Ninja, good to see you, my man. So listen, guys, this is this is a real treat for me. I'm, I'm really excited about our next guest. Um, he is the author of Confessions of a Serial Salesman. It's a great, great business book. Um, I love it. It's just, it's fun to read. It's easy to read. It's one of those books that it's kind of like think and grow rich in the sense that you can pick it up anywhere and read it. And then you get something out of it, or you can read it one day. It means one thing. And then the next, it means another. Um, I want to read you a quote in his book. I love it. Um, it says gratitude turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion into clarity, it makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates creates a vision for tomorrow. And that's by Melody, I think it's Beatty. Anyway, so our guest today, uh, Steve Nuttleberg, is an author, expert sales trainer, consultant, keynote speaker, and serial entrepreneur. Steve created On The Ball, a company that invests time and talent in emerging businesses and corporate teams to help them grow. Steve is often hailed as an energetic powerhouse who infuses adrenaline into a room. Guys, this, his bio is impressive. I'll read it the rest of it later, but I don't want to waste any more of his time because getting him on here was a huge blessing. What's up, Lisa Walker? Ladies and gentlemen, it is a great pleasure for me to introduce to you Mr. Steve Nettleberg. That was should have been faster. That should have happened faster. How you doing, sir? I am doing awesome. I am equally as thrilled to be here. I appreciate the time and I appreciate your energy and what a great 
opening your whole gratitude and understanding what grounds you is so cool to listen to. And uh, the fact that you witness it and share it is really cool. So grateful to be here, man. It is, uh, it, it, I've been watching like uh, you're on LinkedIn, you're, you're a hoot to watch. And then of course, <laughs> book. so I, I love it. And I'm just kind of, you're somebody that I admire a lot. So it's always, even though we've never met in person, not even, we've only talked on the phone once. You're somebody I just admire a, a lot and I, I really look up to. So it means a lot to me that you're on the show today. I, I appreciate that. I think one of the greatest gifts that we have is this thing called social media and, you know, un- understanding that everybody is one click away. And if you invest yourself and open yourself up, you can have a relationship like I have with you. I would have never in any other universe been able to connect now we're connected. Now we're doing something together. And all of it are things that lead to something greater, which, God, if you can't be grateful for that, what, what could you be grateful for? I know that gratitude is a big part of, of your life, too. But the very first question we typically ask on the show is, what are you grateful for today? So I am um, grateful for lots of different things at different times. I am constantly grateful for the woman in my life. I'm constantly grateful for the kids that I've been able to raise and uh, who are now a tremendous part of my life. But I'm one of those guys, I wake up in the morning, I'm grateful that I'm breathing. I'm grateful I put my feet on the ground. I look at the sun. I live in South Florida in West Palm Beach, and that's normally a great thing. Unfortunately, we're, we're in the middle of a, a four-day rainstorm. But, you know, there's so much to be grateful for that, um, you know, and, and gratitude – while it had always been a part of my life, became very real to me when my 20-year-old son got hurt. I was one of those parents that got that call in the middle of the night that, hey, Mr. Noodleberg, I think you know your son is hurt and we're going to do everything we can. And 30 days of my son being in a coma, standing by his side, uh, them telling me he may not walk or talk again, it really, really significantly rearranges your priorities to where absolutely nothing else mattered in my life than him getting better. So from that point on, and I am extremely grateful that he did recover 110%. He's an amazing human being, and he knows he was touched. And so there's nothing else that could come my way that could ever be worse than having to deal with a child that's sick. So, you know, I'm grateful that I, uh, you know, I've been able to live through that. We got a second chance. And uh, as a family, we we relish in that every single day that, you know, we were we were given a second chance. And, you know, so, uh, you know, that's it's just a great way to live and remember and all that kind of stuff. What can you I, I, I hate to even go back here, but that process. So you said 30 days in a coma. Yeah. So I got the phone call. I went to the hospital. He looked fine to me. And. You know, the reality was that he had internal bleeding in his brain. He had tried to break up a fight. He got hit. He was knocked out, uh, fell to the ground unconscious, hit his head, and had multiple bleeds in his head. And, you know, I'm looking at a kid that was strong, you know, football player. He's got to be okay. And the doctor said, look, we're going to do everything we can. And, you know, you – you can talk about faith and you can talk about prayer and you can talk about all that stuff. But when something tragic and real happens in your life, you really, really, you know, get a chance to look inside and figure out what's important. And, you know, my entire business, which I've grown up loving and being part of, I could care less about that at that point. It was every waking moment was about putting the energy into getting him better and the way my friends and the community and uh, he had worked for Florida State football at the time. The way they all came together, it was right at the start when Facebook was really getting going and the fact that people came to do together to do a prayer vigil. I'm, I'm a total fan that it works. There's no doubt that faith and prayer work and I'm a, you know, I'm here to witness it and talk about it. So, you know, every day I'm grateful for that. And then finding gratitude in the small things is really, you know, uh, it, it's just, it's a tremendous way to live your life. What kind of prayer, like I, this may be an insane question, but in that process, what kind of prayers are you praying 
And there's, I actually know a few people that are listening right now that are in a place in their life where they don't see any hope. Like they have, they have a family member that's really, really ill, or they're struggling with something themselves. What is the prayer that you're saying to help you get through each day? So one of the things I was able to either learn or recognize or understand then was that it's not in our power to figure out the how. It's hmm. just to ultimately believe that it can happen. And uh, it sounds hokey, but, I, you know, it worked for us, you know, and, and it doesn't work for everybody. And, you know, there's all kinds of circumstances that people deal with. But I invested every waking and a piece of energy that I had and every thought was about him getting better and visualizing him getting out of that bed. And it was such an amazing time in my life. It changed all of us. You know, when I see people get fired up at a red light, I'm going, really? Seriously. You know, if you had a, somebody that was sick in your family and in bed, I'm like, you know, it would, you would understand the smallness of it and the power of community and faith just is overwhelming. And, you know, it's, it it, it was such a, like I said, just such a tremendous time that, you know, it happened to me when I was, you know, in my late, uh, I guess early forties it was, and, uh, or or late forties. And um, it it changed my life. I mean, it changed everything. I look at it, it, every, anything is possible. And that's, it's really just a uh, tremendous way to live your life. So what did you dream about being when you were a kid? (laughs) Ha ha. That's an awesome question. So I was always one of those guys who um, was gifted with a personality. I love the people <laughs> side. Uh, you know, I always was engaged in who people were and what made them tick. As an early kid, I asked a lot of questions, was very, very curious. And so my, my, uh, my biggest fear was to be average. And so every... Uh, I worked hard not to be average, no matter what I was going to do. And then I realized fairly early on that I was going to make my living with my personality and um, not necessarily um, any particular skill set, but I knew I would do something to help people. My man, we are, <laughs> I don't have any talent. <laughs> I have one thing that I can do, I, I, like, I love to talk. I, and I love I love to hear people's stories. I'm naturally curious about people. I love that. But even the discipline of getting on, like I, I was talking to a bunch of uh, professional speakers last night. Like I have so much respect for what you guys do because the art of speaking, like knowing when to deliver the message and the timing and like being able to know exactly your 30-minute speech, your 60-minute speech, your 10-minute speech, and like the discipline that it takes for you guys to structure these speeches – like, I don't have that. I just want to get on stage and go, you know what? This is what I feel led to say today and say it. Like, I, I don't even have that skill set. So I'm just very fortunate that I'm naturally curious and I love to talk. <laughs> That's about all I have. Is that- and I, I'll t- I will tell you, um, being fairly new to the speaker's world, I've been a career entrepreneur, a career sales guy, which is, a, you know, the same kind of skill set. It's just on a smaller stage getting up in front of people to do it was different, not so much intimidating, but, you know, I wanted to be really good at it. Again, the same, you know, mindset was, okay, if I'm going to do something, I want to be good at it. So I've been a student of it and I've listened and learned. And really what people are swallowing up now is genuineness. People want you to be your genuine and authentic self and share whatever experiences and knowledge you have. So all this pre-done, orchestrated stuff is not as relevant and not as well-received. So for somebody like you, you have a story to tell. You you just tell it on a bigger stage. So I don't really consider it so much of a skill set as I am uber confident in what I have to share. I know that because of the world and the, the life I've led, I can leave something behind that will make somebody else better. So I'm not looking for people to love me or hate me or whatever. I just love doing it. You know, sharing it is really just for me. It's, I'm having the best time in my life because, you know, I, I made a presentation recently and they had asked me to speak specifically about me, not necessarily about any kind of specific content. And so what I chose to speak about 
and this was a, a group of high net worth individuals, I chose to speak about my three greatest failures and what I took away from that. And they all afterwards said that was the most amazing conversation because I let them in and said, listen, I'm not going to come up and just do an opera and say, me, 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 me. I'm going to tell you, like, I'm everybody else. I've just failed more. I've been willing to get up more times than anybody else. And so that has led me to the better success and to do things out of, on a bigger stage because I've been willing to fail. You know what? I love that. My God, we are definite mirrors for each other. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I sometimes wonder why I didn't quit. I, I, it, it is, it's God. I, well, I'll tell you, I know exactly why I didn't quit. Every time that I was about to, every time I had every reason in the world to quit, I would get this vision of what I was going to do with my life. I, I was Isn't just, that awesome? Isn't that awesome? You're, that's a gift and something to be grateful for in and of itself. Yes. Oh, for sure. Because it was the only thing that would give me hope in knowing that I could turn my life around. It was just up to me to, to change my path. Um, but I had to fall in love with doing the work. I, I mean, doing the work, and this is what I love about your book, is it, it's, 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 it's really giving you the blueprint for the work and dedication you have to do. What That's in business and life. For me, it was the discipline of willing to feed my mind with the good things and knowing that I could overcome, knowing that I could basically beat my demons. And it, it really, really, it took, it was so stubborn about this. But finally, I got to that place where I looked forward to doing the work every single morning and every single day. Like my morning routine is everything to me. It's, I, it's precious to me and it's what makes me tick. In your case, what what's your morning routine? So, you know, the, the first six rules in my book, which by the way, just for, you know, just for the sake of saying it, people ask me all the time, they go, how long did it take you to write the book? And I tell them it took me 40 years. It's my whole life. It's, it's what makes me tick. It's what made me be able to deal with a profession that is a constant punch in the face. The best salespeople in the world have signed up for the most rejection. And if you don't have a system or a process to deal with it, you're going to go crazy because it is the higher up the mountain you go, the harder it gets, the bigger the deals are, the bigger, the, the longer you, you know, the harder you fall. So for me, I created this process from watching all other successful people and taking bits and pieces of what they did to make themselves successful. And I go, wow, that one works for me. That one works for me. That one works for me. So, you know, uh, the first two rules specifically are wake up early and wake up early. is sort of nebulous because early is different things to different people. I generally get up at 3.30 or 4 o'clock every day, haven't used an alarm clock in 20 years. And people are astonished by that because they get emails from me and stuff like that. And they go, that's crazy. Why do you do that? Well, I tell them, I said, most people wake up, you know, at 6.30 or 7. I outwork them three and a half hours every day. Do the math. I'm not the smartest. I'm not the best looking, but I am always first. And that's something that worked for me. So, you know, and I tell people, if you're willing to change, which is the hardest thing for people to do, and get up a half hour earlier or an hour earlier, look at what that does to your life. And if it works, you keep doing more of it. And then the second rule, which is the funniest and the greatest part of it, is when I grew up as a kid, I thought I had a problem because I had this sort of OCD thing where everything needed to be in order. So when I got up in the morning, I made my bed. You know, and as teenage kids, they didn't do that. I did because it made me feel like some sense of order. And I like to come back to my room and the bed was made. And then lo and behold, the admiral for the Navy SEALs does a, a keynote speech and says, you know, the Navy SEALs are the most highest trained human beings on the planet. And the first thing that happens to them every morning is they get their bed inspected, you know, and it's like validation. Yes, I knew it. You know, so, you know, and he said in his philosophy, if you, it just shows you, if you can do the small things, well, you can do bigger things. But so, you know, those two rules alone, when you work as a, you know, on, on a process, I don't even think about it. I get up early. I make my bed. I have, I work out every day, you know, something walking, running, boxing, you know, I drink something green, boom, boom, boom. I am prepared for success. 
because I don't leave it to chance. And, you know, I was fortunate in my career to work with a lot of sports coaches. And um, what one of the things I learned from Pat Riley is the only thing in life you can count on is change. So you got to embrace it. And with him, he would take his team on the road and he would bring towels and sheets. So he controlled what he can control. So I just love that mentality that you could control what you, you do and don't leave it to chance. Yeah, no matter what happens throughout the day, you come home to a made bed. It's like, hey, you were able, you know, you you accomplished that, if anything. Yeah, it just (laughs) makes you feel good versus walking into a room where your bed is messy and there's stuff laying all over the place. It just feeds the wrong part of the brain. And so, you know, as a student of the game, you can do anything you want. When you look at some of the greatest things that people have done in life, They've come from such amazing adversity because they did not let their mind or the 60,000, you know, thoughts that go through their head, which most are negative. They didn't allow that animal to win. So which which brain are you going to feed? The one that's the positive or the negative brain? Feed the, the positive brain and you get the right results. So how important are mentor how, how in your in your success and even now, like and, and on your way up to get where you're at now, how important did mentors uh, play a role? So um, number one is they continue to play an unbelievable role in my life. Um, I am mentored on a regular basis and I now have the fortune to mentor. Um, I, I do a lot of speaking for, you know, on my dime. I do it at all the entrepreneurial schools and um, both of my sons are college football coaches. So a lot of the student athletes I, I work with, I early on realized that by asking one question, I could open up the door to a tremendous amount of knowledge. And that question is as simple as what's your story? Everybody I know has a story and success leaves clues. So when they tell me that I see somebody successful, I go, you know, what's your story? And boom, all of a sudden they're this wealth, this treasure chest of information and knowledge and things that they did wrong, that they would do different that, you know, hit, you know, when you look at history and you learn from history, that's the idea of a mentorship um, plus the camaraderie and the accountability and all of those things that come with, you know, being around successful people, you know, it's just unmatched. And, you know, in most cases, you're not paying for it. Most right. successful people I know are very, very willing to give back. It's part of, you know, this mentality of, hey, I'm going to send the elevator down to the, you know, to the bottom to come and get you. And, you know, they're not, that's not a universal law, but most of the people I know, and, and I include myself in that group, is I give away a ton of value and information without anything asking anything in return because someone did that for me. Right. I love that. I So I want to know about arrangementship. That is... I've never seen that word. You have that you have that word copywritten, don't you? We do. And, uh, you know, we don't use it as much because, you know, the world we live in, you know, they don't want fancy names and fancy packages. But when we first coined that phrase, we were very deep into, um, you know, big time relationships with organizations. And we felt the most important thing you can do for a client was introduce them to somebody that could make a difference in their business and found it uncanny that people weren't programmed to do that out of the goodness of their heart. You know, if you're in the marketing department and you can't introduce your goods and services to somebody else, you're probably in the you have probably have the wrong marketing people. So we coined the phrase that once we understood your business, we would be able to introduce you to somebody of influence that at some point in the life cycle of our working together would pay for our services. And people thought that was so novel and so great. And what it simply is, is just having the gift of being able to connect people. And we've grown that into a service offering that is unique in and of itself. And, you know, we call it now networking as a service. So people are used to software as a service. Well, you know, we believe that every business is one introduction away from exploding and we want to be part of that you know if we put two people together and one and one becomes 11 well you know howdy doody 
I so I didn't know that this uh, actually had value for a long time. I would connect people because instinctively I could be on the show. I'm like, oh, Robert, you need to talk to such and such, and then they go on and do a deal. Like I, it's just instinctive. To, it, it's an instinct of mine that is is a gift. Like it's not me. I can't take credit for it. It just for some reason that's my gift. I didn't know it had value. So like looking back over the course of my life, how many deals I've put together where people go on to make a bunch of money. And I'm like, Oh wait, I could have been doing this for a living the whole time and didn't know. So I'm like that, but it's well, cool that you found a way to package it. Cause I did, I've had the hard time going. I really don't like saying I'm a connector. Like it just seems so cheap and generic when it is something that offers more value than really what the word says. So it's, it's interesting because I live in the world of sales and sales has trained, changed so much. I don't believe anybody can be sold anymore. The, all the tactics and all of the cheesy, you know, you know, thing, you know, stages of the game and closing, that's all a bunch of hokey pokey. Now that doesn't work anymore. If you put two good people together, they will not let the details get in the way. They will do business. And so it is a supreme gift to be able to, uh, you remember the game concentration? You know, yeah. they would open up one, boom, there's a 12, and then boom, there's another 12. But being able to connect and remember who should be connected is a gift. It is a skill set. And at the highest levels of business, we are creating those relationships. And at the end of the day, no matter what you do in your life, if you are a value creator, you will make money. And the relationships that we create and put together create huge sums. To your point, you have been responsible for huge revenue creation that why would you feel bad about getting paid on that? (laughs) And the second part of that is really interesting. One of the rules in my book is called give to get. And the whole sales mentality is go get me the meeting, get the numbers, get the sale, get, get, get. And for whatever reason, early on in the sales career, in my sales career, I would sit across from somebody. I'd be listening to them tell their story. And because I'm a connector and I like the people side, I would instantly go to, hey, you know what? You should meet so-and-so and you should meet so-and-so. And so it became obvious to me that as a giver, I would get much more in return because when I would go in and sit down with a decision maker and I said, by the way, um, who sells you your insurance? You're a big company. Who sells you your insurance? He goes, oh, we have a broker. And I go, when was the last time the broker introduced you to somebody who could do business with you? And they would sit back in their chair and go, well, never. I go, don't you find that peculiar? Who do you think they're, who are the other people they're selling insurance to? Don't you think one person in their universe should be somebody that can use your services? And they would go, oh my God. And I go, so why, why isn't that an expectation? So this whole give to get mentality reminds me of banking. You cannot take money out of the bank until you make deposits. And what you do with a new relationship is invest in it. You deposit stuff. Hey, when I make an introduction to you and something good happens, you will always remember me for that. And so when it's your turn to, to be in the market for my services, I win a, I win a seat at the table and it's, you know, the deals and stuff I'm involved in, I have so much fun doing it. And I I totally understand that it's a skill set. I totally understand that I'm an expert at it. I can teach people to do it, but it's an understanding that you got to do a lot of work first before you take something off the table. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. And I'm fortunate that I've paid my dues and will continue to do so because I am service minded all the way. I am curious. Um, so last night I came to the realization, I, as I mentioned in the beginning, I'm part of, in this leadership academy. And one of the projects that we have is a community service project where we raise, we're raising money for a nonprofit that we are helping build. Um, really, really amazing opportunity to work with addicts and people and veterans and people that have battled with mental illness. And I came to the realization that I've been working on all of these big corporate sponsors and, and, and working on big deals for it because I want to, I like to hit a home run. Like I want to bring able to bring in a huge deal. And it dawned on me, I don't know how to hit base hits. In other words, going up and asking for a $5 donation is more difficult for me trying to get a $50,000 donation. 
And I've noticed this even in life, like with little simple things like this, where I do not, I avoid it for some reason. I don't know what it is, but in, and I've noticed even in business, it's the same way. I never got excited about the one-off deal. Like I was always looking for the franchise. I was looking for the global distribution, not the one office, uh, you know, whether it's a skincare product or whatever I had sold at the time. Or, and I, I, I was curious because I'm kind of working my way through this, like going, what is that about my personality that makes me only want to do that? Is it what, where is the gap? Like, what am I missing? So I'm curious in your in your experience working with businesses and entrepreneurs, have you ever met anyone like that where they just are they avoid the base hit and they um, go for home runs? You know, listen, it, it takes all kinds of people to make a business work. Um, so in order for something to work, you can't have all guys that are swinging for the fences. It just doesn't work. I mean, if you look at any baseball team, it's made up of a of a variety of you know, players that play different roles. So to have somebody who is a home run hitter who thinks that way and is capable of doing it makes for winning championships. You know, now if every guy that was in the lineup did that, that would make it really difficult. So, you know, I, I don't think that that's anything to beat yourself. Oh, beat yourself, yourself up over. You just really, you know, you know, and I think this is part of understanding who we all are. We all are very unique in our way. And we spend so much time beating ourselves up for what we're not instead of embracing who we are. And so the fact that you're that is an unbelievable addition to whatever mix of people are representing that charity, I think. I, and I, I think for the long-term play, I mean, there's short-term goals that we have because we have a time limit with this fundraiser. And, but for me, I've been, I can't wrap my head around the, the, the part that's right in front of my face, I'm looking up setting up something sustainable and long-term, something that's going to last a lifetime that we can look back at in five years, 10 years, 20 years, and go, wow, we created that. Like, that's how I, that's how I think. I, I'm, I'm working on developing the small game, and like, I do like laying out the strategic plan, but I still like the big picture. I like to wrap my head around that and create the plan for the big picture play not the short term, but I'm trying to and develop. I, I personally don't think you can be both. I think you need, you know, uh, you know, spray hitters and you need guys that are home run hitters because conversely, the guys who are hitting the singles have no idea how to maneuver in the water that you're in. They just don't get it. They don't feel it. So generally speaking, guys that are hitting singles all the time are looking for more recognition. They want the boom, 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 the steady patter of, oh, wow, I did a deal. I did a deal. Your deals are harder to come by, longer sales cycle. So, you know, in the stuff I, I deal with salespeople all the time, you got to pick and choose where you live in the ecosystem. And if you're hitting home runs or you want to hit home runs and that's where your focus is, as long as you hit home runs, that's okay. The trouble is, is if you're focusing, <laughs> focusing on the long game and you're striking out all the time, then it doesn't work and then and you fail. So. You know, that, that, there's always a, a metric at the end of every game that says, all right, you know, at, you know, at the end of every golf game, you got to hand in your scorecard. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Your, your 400 drive doesn't mean anything if it's in the woods. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So you could be a monster player and really be able to blast the ball, but the object of the game is to get the ball in the hole. Your object is to raise money or do whatever. And so whatever means you take to get there, as long as you can realize the finish line, it takes all different ways, all different routes to get there. And that's, I think, one of the most fun parts of sales. And in my trainings that I do in my speeches, I never tell people how to do it. I share with them how I did it and how my success comes. And if you can take one or two things away from me and put them into action, fantastic. But you know, don't take my word for it. Find out what's comfortable for you. Look at all of the, the landscape and then, you know, and then pick a plan that works. So what is the biggest goal that you have right now? I mean, because you, you, you're very accomplished in what you've done. I mean, I, it's, I, I admire your accomplishments, but I know that someone like you, you're always, you've got, you've got a big picture. You've got, you've got another mountain to climb. What's your next mountain that you're looking to climb? 
That's an awesome question. So um, up until two years ago, I had a full agency with a lot of employees and, you know, really well-known, well-accomplished, driving new revenue. And I pivoted in my life because I could and because I am focused on um, success means different things to different people. And I'm focused on a completely type of success. Um, my, My success now is lifestyle. I am looking, you know, I do not have an office to go to anymore. I do not have employees. I have a small team that's mobile that is very nimble and allows me to accomplish the things I want. So, you know, I have focused on three things that are bringing me tremendous joy. Speaking, uh, I was in uh, New Jersey last week. I spoke to 100 uh, treasury advisors for TD Bank. And the response from those 100 people were like, Dude, you were the best speaker I've ever heard. Your content is fresh. There's no paycheck I've ever gotten in my career that matches that ability to do what I do and have people connect to it. So the speaking and training side, I'm having more fun than anything I've ever done. Forget about the revenue. And then the biz dev side of the business, which I've has gotten me to this point, we live in an economy where there's just no rules and no boundaries. I can do anything, anywhere, anytime with anybody I choose to do business with. So the people I have decided to sort of play in the sandbox with are all people that are aligned with me culturally, morally, um, physically, and we're building new businesses that have some legacy involved um, with athletics and with technology. And uh, so I, I am super blessed and, you know, to bring it full circle to how we started, I'm so grateful that I can do what I do on so many different stages and just get different rewards and at the same time have a, an incredible life and spend time with my kids and my grandson. And, you know, it's amazing. I love that. Yeah, if you ever need any help in San Diego, <laughs> give me a call. <laughs> I uh, uh, Listen, I would love to. I'm a guy that collaborates all the time. So, you know, that's what I meant was now we spoke, now I've done your podcast. The next thing is learning the next step of how I can help you do more of what you do. And if I have a relationship in San Diego, uh, for argument's sake, I haven't spoken to her in years, but the CEO of It's Just Lunch is in San Diego. You know, if that turns out to be a good relationship for you, I'm happy to share it with you. Good things will happen. And then you may not be where I get something in return, but that's the best part about the universe is that the more you give, the more you get. It's not a matter of where it comes from. I love that. So tell us about your podcast because you have, you get incredible guests. You're a fantastic interviewer. Like when, when did you start it? So, you know, it's all this journey of, uh, for years, the name of my company is On The Ball, and for years we marketed On The Ball, and I was a part of On The Ball, as were the many players. It wasn't until recently, you know, the last couple of years, we started promoting Noodleberg as a brand, and anybody that follows me on social media, we've created a real significant brand impact where I give tremendous value about the sales world and about life. I, you know, I basically post that all the time. I wrote the book. The book is Confessions of a Serial Salesman. And this idea that I had wanted to share the stories of the entrepreneurs that I've worked with over my 40-year career uh, just sort of came together in this new format called a podcast and jumped into it, started doing it. We've done 27 of them currently, which is wild. I've had athletes on. I've had CEOs on. I've had, you know, people who have been a part of my life that I've been fortunate to work with who have some type of value to offer my audience. And I do it 30 minutes. I do it live every Tuesday. Um, and then it gets broadcast on Friday on air, uh, SoundCloud and, you know, iTunes and all like that. But we consider it to be like a 30 minute master's class in sales. It's no frills. It's no advertising. It's no nothing. It's here's some real deal stuff that you can take away. Here's somebody's hardship and how they came over it. Here's what real challenges are. And the stories are fantastic. I I really just have to ask the question and pump my guests, which is a a treat. They're all incredible people. They've all played a role in my life. And I'm so excited to share it. And they're all different. And they're all the same, which is kind of, you know, bizarre if you, if you can get what I mean. 
Oh, for sure. I, this has been the biggest blessing of my life, getting to do this and hear people's stories and finding inspiration from the most unlikely places, or at least what you would assume. And, you know, I've, when I created this platform, it was because I wanted to give everybody, I believe that everyone has a message that needs to be heard by somebody. And wow. so it wasn't even about the, I, I'm obviously I get geeked out when I have, you know, certain <laughs> people on that I admire and look up to, I'm not going to lie. Um, but it's, it's been the stories that of, of somebody that had reached out and said, Hey, I want to be on your show. And I'd never heard of them. And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, and, and I don't pre-plan questions and I kind of get to know every guest on the show as we talk. And I've been blown away with some of the stories and you hear about somebody out in the middle of nowhere, some small town that has 50 people and, you know, and they have a, a situation where their son dies from, uh, you know, a hole in their heart. And then <sighs> to hear what they do to you take that death to change the world is unbelievable because you're this li- this little woman from small town America is now gone to Congress and changed laws on behalf of children everywhere. Where, I mean, and it's just proof like you don't need to be on the big stage to make a difference. You don't need it. It's not about you know, you're a celebrity and then, okay, so because you're a celebrity now, you have something that we need to hear. No, every single one of us has a message that needs to be heard by somebody. And this show is, is, is I've been, it's been so blessed to just have amazing people and like yourself and share their story and what they're about. And even what you opened the show with inspiring. I had no idea. Yeah. It's you know, pretty cool. It just yeah. shows you that we all, all of us go through stuff. But everything that we go through presents an opportunity for us to use it in a way that blesses other people's life. And that is amazing. Um, first of all, you're really good at this. I mean, you know how to drive a conversation and keep it moving. Um, we're so uh, parallel in terms of we're both bald. We both have deep voices. We're both you know, big, big personalities. But, you know, when you talked about mentorship, I have a very dear friend of mine who's an author and a, a speaker. And early on when I was speaking, I, I shared with him a, a frustration of mine. I said, you know, I'm really a guy that likes to connect with the audience. And the bigger audiences that I'm speaking in front of, I'm having a hard time making eye contact. And I'm sort of making myself dizzy going back and forth on the stage. And he said, listen, that's a common issue. And I'm going to give you a piece of advice that was given to me years ago. And I go, okay, I'm all ears. And he said, you're there for the one person that needs to hear your message. I was like, what? (laughs) Wow. And it changed the way I speak because I'm not trying to connect with everybody. I'm, you know, standing up there giving my message and the ones that are supposed to connect will be. And, you know, to your point, it's a gift. It's a blessing. It's incredible. The, the friends and relationships I've been able to develop social media in general, you and I would have never met in any other universe and we, we got connected. I don't even remember how we got connected. I'll tell you and, how. Mr. Okay. Steiner. You interviewed Mr. Steiner. Oh, my God. You know and Brandon Steiner. Yeah, that's I right. Just, I just met him. I interviewed him in the right. um, on the red carpet and in the back room, the green room, at the City Gala in Los Angeles. That's right. Mariano, Mariano Rivera baseball. There was auto, I had no idea it was an autograph. He didn't even know he was a Yankees fan. And wow. I'm like tripping out. Nicest guy. And sure enough, I'm on LinkedIn one day. I see a picture of him and then I see you and I'm like, oh, well, I'm totally reaching out to you. <laughs> you did. That's right. And that's that's incredible. That is so incredible. And proof, there's proof there that the barriers to entry are non-existent. How would we have met in any other universe? But here I am. You saw my picture. You saw me associated with somebody. And then boom, all of a sudden you reach out and we're connected in one click. Bam. It's amazing. I, I, it's such a blessing. Well, Mr. I, and I'm sorry. I, I called you and I did the intro. I said Nuttleberg and it's Noodleberg. Oh, my friend. You, if you knew the way my last name gets pronounced. Man. So, I mean, it is, uh, I don't, I don't even think twice anymore. I mean, it's uh, all I, the way my mail gets addressed. It's sometimes super embarrassing. So, you know, it's a, uh, but it's turned out to be a blessing. You know, it's, uh, you know, once you know Noodleberg, you won't forget it. 
I should know better. I have I've had a guy on Jamie Noodle uh, Noodleman, <laughs> but it's spelled just like yours is, except without the bird. And I should know. That's how he said it. I should have guessed. I should have known, but I you know whatever. But anyway, well, I'll, get, I'll, get, I'll give you an example. I have a. I did my podcast this last week with a friend of mine that I've done business with in a couple of different places, and his last name is spelled B R E A U L T. And I always thought for all of, I know him 10 years, I thought his name was Briolt, Scott Briolt. Well, he comes on my podcast and he says his name is Bro. It's pronounced Bro. And I thought he was pulling my leg. I'm going, yeah, we're all bros. Whatever he goes, that one's bro. So, you know, you, you're right. You just never know, man. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's all good. No offense taken and, and all good. And, uh, I didn't know that you were a Yankee fan. And so I am speaking June fifth here in South Florida with the with a guy named Dana Cavalier, Cavalier rather, and he is uh, he his profession was he was the strength and conditioning coach for the Yankees and would be a great guest for your podcast. Oh, that would be amazing! He's awesome. Still trains with a lot of the guys. He has his own speaking and training career. And he and I are really good friends, and I think he would be awesome. So offline, I'll uh, I'll introduce you. I appreciate that so much. Well, listen, um, I'm so grateful that you came on the show. And uh, for coming on the show today, we're going to give you a giraffe. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you cannot sell it, and you cannot give it away. What are you going to do with it? Um, I'm going to set it up so that uh, kids can come and visit it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I yeah. There's only two. There's only two planned questions on this show, and that's the other one. So, <laughs> and it's really funny. It's really funny to hear what people come up with about the giraffe. And uh, it, anyway, so listen. It is an absolute blessing uh, to have you on the show. I I'm so excited about this. I I recommend your book again, Confessions of a Serial Salesman. You guys should check it out. It's it's a beautiful. It's well written. Uh, great hard copy. I, I just I commend you and I congratulate you on your success. And I cannot wait to talk to you again. You count on it, my friend. I really had a blast. Have a great holiday weekend and count your blessings. Amen. God bless. See you soon, man. You got it. Bye. Wow, he was cool. He was super cool. Um, wow, secret. I know, right? Great dude. A great human being. Okay, so I have a really confession before we leave. So. A lot of you saw me post about me signing up for a network marketing company. And I, (laughs) so I posted it because I got all excited because I was reading these studies about this HGH product. And I, yeah, anyway, so then I got cold feet. Like I seriously got cold feet. And then I tried to cancel my, I tried to cancel. And then they haven't canceled it yet. And then now I think I want to do it again. Because I talked to a doctor, and that product is amazing, evidently. Oh, God. That business, I, you know, I wish that business didn't have such a bad stigma. I wish I didn't douche out about it, but it just kind of seems like, I don't know. Everyone likes HGH, right? I mean, isn't it something that people like? Oh, mercy. Oh, last thing. I want to read this real quick. So, Morning Gratitude is brought to you by Anton J and FunWise Capital. And you, if are you looking to create predictable, sustainable income, Anton J will make your business better and you get the credit. If you or someone you know has a business who is not meeting its potential and does not have the infrastructure to support its growth, please call 619-394-6725. Anton J has been described as guardian angels because they fix the past and safeguard the future. Also, a special thank you to our friends at FunWise Capital. FunWise Capital was created by entrepreneurs tired of seeing other entrepreneurs or new ventures guided to loans that only benefit lenders. Our mission is to help you secure the best capital in conjunction with providing necessary education to help you master future business growth and success. You can, uh, yeah, if you're interested in that, the comments are in the link. I know. What are the misconceptions about HGH? I mean, uh, evidently, so this is a topical, right? Because it's a topical, it actually delivers a safer dose to your body than doing the injection where you get it all at once. It, it comes in layers. So evidently, it's a safer way of doing it and more effective. 
So I don't know. The bit here's the deal. The business opportunity is this. Right now it's only $59. You can't even order the product yet because it's on back order because it's selling there's like millions of them sold. Millions. Like I the numbers, I have the, the, the information on it, the number the research on it is nuts. And and like people are just buying it like crazy. So now it's on back order. Thank you, Mr. Noodleberg. Amazing. And now, so it's like I I, I can't believe that I'm gonna do this. I don't know if it's the fountain of youth or not, but I'm telling you that it may it's it's like the results I've seen. There's this private Facebook group that's got 30,000 members in it. I wish they'd let me share the video in here. That'd be amazing. I'm talking. Yeah, let me share my video in there. Anyway, they these guys like for people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, like the before and after pictures are nuts. Like if anything just to help me like get spirit ripped, I'm going to do it. Because God knows those stupid testosterone supplements don't work. So anyway, I'm going to try it. I, I can't believe I'm going to do it, but it was $59. And then that this I don't know how the downline crap works. I've never really understood that. It's confusing, but it's a binary. Like I don't know what that means. But like I go in my back office today thinking that I've canceled my subscription to this because I don't want it now, and or, or I didn't want it. And then all of a sudden, there's 12 people in my downline. Like, how does that even happen? I don't even know what I did. So I don't even understand it. So anyway, the fact is this. I'm going to give it a try and see. I may regret it. I may. But you know what? It doesn't hurt to make extra money. And if it's really helping people, then what's the harm? Right? I don't know. So I'm going to try it. Because there's like, there's people making a lot of money on it already. And it's still early. So I'm going to try it. Um, wow. All right, guys. So listen, this has been a crazy week. This has been an amazing week. Um, we're still going to love you either way. (laughs) I hope you do. Um, I really appreciate your support. This is, uh, this has been an amazing week and, uh, you guys are all blessings. So iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Thank you guys for the downloads. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your shares. Thank you. See you guys soon.